0: Warning, for underage listeners, this is an adult-oriented podcast. There will be frequent references to kink, sex, crude language, and various other grotesqueries. If you're under 18 and looking for answers and upfront advice about sex, please visit scarletteen.com. Also, for the Dude Bro listeners out there, this is nerdy shit. Go away.
1: Welcome to Gotham Press Podcast.
0: This is a verbal orgy about anything like the Dravenberg spot, the difference between Star Trek and Star Wars, the finer points of throwing a pair of floggers, and just whatever the hell we find to talk about.
1: That said, if you have a desire to learn these and many more kingtastic Nergasms, stay tuned. Hey there Gotham Press listeners. This is awesome, and tonight I have a special guest to help introduce the episode that you're about to hear. I have Dr. Deborah Jackson from California State University, Bakersfield. Uh, Dr. Jackson, would you please tell us a bit about yourself?
2: Sure. I'm professor of philosophy at CSU Bakersfield. This semester I'm teaching a class titled Sexual Ethics. It's a sophomore level class in the general education program that's also cross-listed in philosophy and interdisciplinary studies.
1: Thank you very much for coming on and introducing this episode with me. For the listeners, myself, Greedy, and a few others from the area, uh, were asked to participate in a panel about polyamory in your class. Uh, Will you tell us a little bit about that panel,
0: please?
2: Sure. One of the things I wanted to do in my class was to give students the opportunity to explore the ethical values and principles underlying of various sexual practices and types of relationships with a focus on sexual minorities to try and help dispel some myths about those groups. One of the things I wanted to do was invite folks who practice polyamory, who live and work in the San Joaquin Valley, to share their experiences with my class and discuss the ethical values and principles underlying their relationships.
1: All right. Well, thank you very much for coming on. And we may have a little bit at the end to just kind of cap this off. Let's jump to that discussion as it's going
3: on.
2: You use the phrase saturated, <laughs> uh poly saturated. Um, can you explain what that means? Uh, I sure. I
3: just said he said, What's going on? I said, She doesn't trust us <laughs> to say, hey, that question's out of line. So oh, <laughs> that's
2: we all the card.
0: <laughs> I I, yeah, <laughs> I, I have no shame. I'll say I, won't. Okay, um, that, I
2: won't. Okay, but it's not that. It's not that I don't trust you. It's just a <laughs> Exercise. I'm exercising <laughs> my
3: control. There you okay. go.
2: Right? As a moderator, it's for you Yeah. Um, saturation
3: means you just don't have any more room in your life. So, The feelings are infinite. Love is infinite. Relationships are infinite. But time is finite. And you only have so much time. So I'm a single parent with um, my daughter's dad lives on the other side of the country, so he's not involved. So I have a teenager at home. Um, my main partner, my husband, lives 45 minutes away, so we see each other pretty much once a week, every weekend. And then my other partner goes to school in the evening and works during the day, and so I just don't have the time, the emotion, the, the bandwidth to add someone else into my life. And as your circumstances change, those things change. But that's the only thing that's really finite, is your time.
0: That was very well put.
2: Thank, Thank you. you.
3: Thank you. Next question.
2: What rules and values make your relationships positive and healthy? I'll,
3: I'll, any, feel free, oh, because please. I'll answer every question if <laughs> you don't. <know. laughs> <laughs> We're just going on our own.
1: I was going to say, being honest yeah, about honesty. things, honest about emotions, honest about issues, honest about pretty much everything that could possibly happen. And it doesn't always work that way. Because you may think hey I don't want to hurt this person but not being honest up front can really hurt a lot more in the long run
0: having the courage to say something when it's when it's an issue even if it's only an issue to you mm-hmm. uh, if, if you let things linger then they fester people people tend to dwell on them and when it does finally come out You find out that it was either no big deal in the first place, or you find out that it was a train wreck, and had you said something about it in the first place, it would have saved a lot of pain and discomfort later on.
2: So, uh, just remind everybody, y'all need to be taking notes. (laughs) (laughs) Who comes to a bathroom and doesn't take notes? Why would they do that? (laughs) So uh, I I noticed nobody was writing anything down, and I did want to, like, encourage you to write down what our panelists are saying. So I heard some of the core values uh, and rules are about um, honesty and courage. Those are the ones that I've heard so far, okay? Communication.
1: Communication? No, they were all just going to listen to the podcast after the fact. Right. (laughs) Oh,
2: (laughs) my. Hold on, hold on. One okay. second. Yeah. Hold yeah. on. For me? Yeah, I, oh yeah. What's your question? You 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 oh, you mean on the like you, the notes you're yeah. taking? Yeah. Those are for you to prepare for the exam. Yeah. This is a learning, right? Like right? We're still in class, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I've got some index cards coming. Are we good to keep going? Yes, yeah, please. Okay. So. Um,
3: to me the biggest sure. issue and this isn't just strictly for a poly relationship is communication and what I have found with poly relationships is if you don't communicate it's going to fall apart so say for instance I start getting some ugly feelings I had some ugly feelings yesterday I was talking to my husband and I said I'm feeling emotionally neglected and he goes what are you talking about and I said well look you've canceled our last date at the last minute And then you said you were gonna call me and you didn't call me and I'm just feeling really needy right now. And so he apologized and he said, what do you need from me? And so I told him. But in how many relationships, boyfriend, girlfriend, do you go, hey, I'm feeling like you're neglecting me? I just, I don't see that as much. But if you say these things up front, even the bad feelings you're having, you can deal with them. Or if you're feeling jealousy, which is the fear of losing someone, you can say, hey, I'm feeling really insecure, tell me why I'm important to you, and that's what I need to hear, then they can give that to you. Instead of the other person just saying, oh, you have nothing to worry about, don't worry about it. No, we're, we're gonna communicate and we're gonna talk about these ugly feelings I'm having so that they're not a problem.
4: I can't stress the communication and honesty enough. <laughs> Those are both key to any relationship, monogamous or polyamorous. Um, but I think another thing that that is also important is patience, particularly in a polyamorous relationship when you have a limited amount of time resources. Sometimes you have to be able to accommodate (coughs) schedules that you wouldn't have to in a monogamous relationship where you can expect the person to be there for you at all times. Sometimes it it sounds kind of weird, but you have to wait your turn or you have to wait for the opportunities that you've worked out to, uh, to work.
1: Also, along with what John just said, sometimes, even if there's plenty of time, like, hey, I know you're not doing anything, people need time for themselves. Yes. That is 100% true. You have to have time to say, hey, I need some time for me. I can't just give, give, give to everybody all the time because then I'm gone and what do you have then? Nothing.
5: It's very easy in a polyamorous relationship to get overwhelmed. You know, In, a, in an monogamous relationship, you have two people, you and your partner, and that's it. And you can already get overwhelmed from just that. In poly, it adds that new level. Now most of what we're saying is much easier said than done. <laughs> We've been doing this for at least a little bit of time. So yes, the social stigma of talking about your jealousy, talking about those bad feelings, is you're being clingy, you're being needy, you're being this, you're being that. If you take that step into poly, you and your partner have to realize those stigmas cannot be allowed into the relationship you have to realize you can't do those things.
0: I think that brings up another core value that you really should have in any sort of relationship, be it with somebody else, with multiple others, or even with yourself, um, understanding. Yeah. Being yeah. able to take, it, take yourself out of the equation and look at it from somebody else's perspective. That's going to give you insight as to what you truly feel and why you feel it. When you can recognize why you feel what you feel, then you'll be able to better communicate it to your partners. Mm-hmm. Yourself and move on with a better life. Mm
5: -hmm. And we could probably all keep going about this one topic for like ever, so (laughs) (laughs) let's keep going. (laughs) So,
2: Callie, I really appreciate that you mentioned the word jealousy because at least two people uh, already have some questions about jealousy. The first question was, does jealousy play a factor? And we already heard yes, it can. and then uh, the other question was, uh, do you do you ever get jealous of other partners? Which it sounds Absolute. like yes. Well, and then it says, if so, how do you avoid it? And I guess what we're hearing is that you don't, don't avoid, avoid it, it. So the question is, how do you handle I can, that?
0: I, I, I have something. To add this we too. can all. Yeah. <laughs> yeah we are yeah. So
2: <laughs> my last,
5: my most previous relationship with my girlfriend, as I already mentioned, um, ended within the last month, and it ended because of jealousy. Jealousy doesn't magically go away. I'm human. She had two other partners besides me and my fiance. That's four people. Um, it was very easy to get overwhelmed and jealousy was ridiculously high. Unfortunately, we were not able to make past that. Now my fiance and I, my, um, we have been able to get past that. You know, I can deal with the fact that other women can say he's attractive and I don't wanna fly off the handle anymore because I can go back and tell him, yes, that chick was beautiful, you're not wrong, she makes me want to kill something because she's driving me crazy. Like it, it, I have that freedom with him, I have that trust with him that I can talk about what it is. The biggest thing when it comes to jealousy is, well, what does, what does my partner need to do to make me feel secure? Is it that undivided time? Is it those actions? Is it whenever you go out on a date, just text me in the middle of it and let me know you're okay so I know I'm still present in your mind. You do still love me even though you have another partner you really have to figure out when it comes to jealousy why you feel so insecure and what steps can you take to help that it doesn't go away but you as a person to be healthy can find those steps to make it better
3: I think in, for me not for everybody but for me it's important to understand the difference between jealousy and envy mm-hmm. envy means I want what you have and jealousy means I'm afraid I'm losing something to someone else So I know that my husband is Polly. I'm not afraid of losing him to someone else. But I do get feelings of envy. And I I can tell you this just happened yesterday for Valentine's. He and his wife live in a small town. And he has a job that if they found out that he had another wife or girlfriend or whatever you want to call me, he would probably lose his job. So we can't be out in his little town. When we're there, I can't hold his hand or kiss him or anything. And that's fine. I understand that. I'm out at my job. My whole family knows. My kid knows, loves him, calls him her stepdad the whole bit. But on her Facebook page, she posted all these love things about her and her husband. And I felt some pangs of envy because I couldn't do that. Because there's people in his life that would not understand. And I don't want him to lose his job. So I felt a little bit of ugly twinges, and I recognize them for what they are. I just wish I could do that too. But there's nothing wrong with feeling that. Jealousy, you have to address it head on. What am I afraid of? Am I afraid someone else is going to take them away? That's what jealousy is. Well, I have a personal philosophy that you cannot be taken unless you want to be taken. It's not the other person who's driving that train. You can't break a house from there. there's no such thing as a home wrecker in my world. You can't wreck a home. A home's wrecked from within. So if that per man, woman, person wants to be taken away, they're going to be taken away. If they don't, they're not. There's really nothing you can do about it. And so I, that's what I tell myself is that I'm good, he's good, and I just have to deal with these little ugliness every now and then.
0: Made the point the,
2: point, right?
3: the envy jealousy? Yeah. 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 What
2: was that? What did you want her to repeat? Can you
3: repeat how you define envy? Oh, yes. Um, envy is I want what you have. And jealousy is I'm afraid of losing someone to someone else. So I'm. She has a diamond tiara on. Man, I wish I had a guy that bought me a diamond tiara, and I have these little ugly feelings because I don't have a diamond tiara.
0: Envy.
3: That's envy. She's been looking at my man too much, and he's not paying <laughs> attention to me anymore, and I don't feel loved anymore, and I'm afraid she's going to take him away from me. That's jealousy. Thank you.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: And keep your eyes <laughs> <laughs> Are you
2: kidding? I'm going to his wife. She's good, right? <laughs> on jealousy or are we ready to give whatever they want to
1: ask? I have one little thing on jealousy. Okay. Okay. Um, as far as jealousy and poly goals, <coughs> one of the big times that that will hit is the moment somebody new comes in. Because all of a sudden the person that you're with, or if you're the person that has someone new, now you're giving up time that they were getting before. Or they're giving up time that you were getting before. Jealousy hits hard, it it's fast, and a lot of times, people that are causing this jealous feelings don't see it. It's just, oh, I'm just spending time with this new person. I'm trying to get to know them. You don't realize that, hey, you're taking time away from the person that you've been with already. And that's something, it, it's, it comes up in both ways. You have They have to say something to you, and you have to take a look at it from an outside perspective and say, oh yes,
4: I do need to make sure that I give them attention too.
5: Understanding and communication.
2: Mm-hmm.
4: Also, uh, I think some elements of jealousy are actually reduced when you're in a polyamorous relationship with the understanding that someone can step outside of the relationship without it ending the relationship. Um, in, so much of, in so many monogamous relationships, if you have an attraction to someone else and that initial attraction, that new relationship energy when you first are getting to know someone new is extremely powerful the choices are either to ignore or suppress that or leave the partner you're currently with. And in polyamory, in many polyamorous relationships, there's freedom to explore that feeling without ending the initial relationship. And so that feeling of, I'm going to lose this person to this other person, you have the you know that that isn't necessarily going to happen, that this can just be an addition to Your partner's life and not a subtraction from yours.
2: Mm -hmm. I have another question from our class here. How does being poly differ from cheating? (laughs) (laughs) May may I? Oh, please do. Start that one. (laughs) This
0: this is going back to the core foundation of poly the communication and the honesty and the trust. Um, Cheating is. Uh, I'm, I'm gonna use these two ladies as an example okay let's say I'm with I'm with this fine woman right here okay she and I have been together for 15 years yeah sure okay there you go. <laughs> and I decide to I decide to lie without her without her knowing I'm going to sneak away hey hey, win let's go find a hotel room yeah, yeah. that's cheating okay so th- there's the, the, the major distinction is, if I've been with this woman for 15 years and I say, hey, I'm attracted to this other woman, I'd, I'd, like, I'd like your blessing to pursue this other relationship, that's not cheating. When, when everybody has informed consent, you're not cheating. You're pursuing other relationships outside of your primary, if you want to call it such, but it's not cheating.
3: And cheating is doing something you're not supposed to do. And, mm-hmm. and the another version of that is, I think you'd really like her. I think you should go on a date with her, mm-hmm. which is what my husband's wife did. She set us up on our first date. Mm-hmm. So when people ask me, is she really on board, I say, well, she set us up on our first date. <laughs> so, you know. Um, if, if I can just ask,
4: who here has taken an open book test in one of their classes at any point in the history of school? <laughs> were you cheating when you were going through your open book test the rules that were established for that test provide for the particular that particular circumstance there's an assumption in society about monogamy that makes it feel like every test is a closed book test but it doesn't have to be you can if you establish the rules ahead of time about what's allowed and are honest about following those rules, then it's not cheating because that's the rules that are established for the relationship.
5: Now, it's not to say that you cannot cheat when it comes to polyamory. You can. There are plenty of people that still are polyamorous and somehow still manage to cheat. And that com- can be from fear of speaking to your other partner about the fact that you're attracted to someone, or <coughs> there are just selfish, self-centered people that are going to do it no matter what they do. So cheating and polyamory does happen, mm-hmm. it's just much less likely because we do have that freedom to say, I find that woman attractive. I find that man attractive. It's still very easy to say to you know have two partners. Who you still find that guy in the back attractive, and ask, hey, can I go meet up with him? And being told no, which in some relationships, you, if those are the rules established, your partners can have the power to say no. And I go against that, and I still want to go talk to that guy. Now I'm cheating. You can cheat when it comes to poly. It is just much less likely as long as you and your partners keep that trust and those rules and those foundations open.
1: Something I want to say as far as rules, are rules can change. Yes. You always have to, like, I know a few people that they sit down and they talk out their relationship, their rules of their relationship, you know, once every six months, once every year, once every month. It all depends on how much you know this other person and how long you've been in the relationship. If you've been in the relationship for <coughs> two months, hey, every week you're changing the rules because new things occur. Things that you didn't see coming,
4: things that you had no
1: idea how you were going to react to.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that open book test
4: thing, you, know, you just came up with—that that? was brilliant. Well, when I, you know, when you, <laughs> talk, <laughs> about you, you know, <laughs> talk about cheating, <you>, you know, <laughs> either relationships or yeah. tests. You're I, I've, awesome. <laughs> I, love you. I, I've,
0: I've never, I've never heard it heard of put that way. So but that's awesome. I love you. you.
3: And one of that's the arrangements in my, in my relationship is I tell my husband when I'm interested in someone else or when someone else has expressed interest in me. <laughs> My other partner that I see occasionally but talk to a lot, I don't tell him about new people I'm interested in, we're much more casual. Mm-hmm. If we got to the point where we made that agreement and I went against it, then that would be considered cheating. But you, you can't
2: cheat if you have permission to do what it is you're gonna do. Good. Thank you. Um, got a, several questions here about that are similar, so I'm gonna ask both of them here. So, how did you get in a poly relationship? How did you know it was right for you? Um, and what made you decide to be in a poly relationship instead of a monogamous relationship? So these are very similar questions.
0: Somebody, does somebody wanna take this first? I, I have her. a question. I
2: don't have a
5: question for me? Yes. <laughs> so how it started, honestly, was me and my fiance were together for about a year. In the beginning of our relationship, in all honesty, it started as a sex thing. We really just wanted to have a threesome with someone, no lie. Um, And as we started adventuring, you know, you have to build up that foundation with someone. You know, you kind of, you know, we didn't want to do just a one night stand thing. We actually wanted to be friends with the person before we invited them back to have a little fun there. And so after that, it kind of just you again, you know, because we wanted to be friends with persons, friends with the person, it, it started down, us down a path we didn't really even consider for ourselves. We had said from the beginning, it's us, it's us, it's us, it's us, it's, us, it's all that's what's gonna happen. We knew of Polly, We just it was gonna stay us. But as we started down this path, it just different things started clicking. You know, We both enjoyed the fact that we were becoming friends with these people. We enjoyed the fact that we were getting to know someone before we did this. And then we found out that after we um, you know, had relationships with especially one, sp- one specific person, Neither one of us wanted to stop. We didn't want that person to go away or just be a friend that we say hi to and hang out with. And we, we wanted to continue that relationship, and we realized it just fit for us. So <coughs> neither one of us really made the conscious decision. I think until a couple months after, and we kind of realized that wait, we were living the poly life without actually just labeling ourselves that way. Um, and then from there on, even if the relationship ended or whatever happened, we it's just kind of now we just become a piece that just works for us. So. You know, I know I said that w- at, until May we're going to stay in honest with each other, but we probably will end up getting at least another casual partner just because it's part of who we are now. It just it fits a piece in our lives that we didn't even realize was missing until we started down that path.
0: My relationship started with, uh, with a woman asking me to go out on a date with her in front of her husband. And that was kind of a culture shock for me because I hadn't even heard of polyamory at that point long story short, I went and played a game of pool with him just to make sure it was it was on the up and up, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't want to do anything that's actually going to cause somebody to break down my door with a shotgun, and he, he said that, yeah, there's, there's, uh, there's two rules, rule number one she stays happy, rule number two refer to rule number one so, all, all the other stuff, all the stuff that we've listed so far, and other stuff we're going to get into, is stuff with, that I've had to figure out uh, I didn't have I didn't have the ethical slut. That was that's a good read. Y'all need to read the rest of that one.
3: Throughout my life, I've never really believed in monogamy. I I don't think there's this magic signal in your brain that says I love this one person and I can never love anyone else the same way. That just doesn't make sense to me. I have two children and I love them both. I love them differently, of course, not romantically. But why cannot I, why I cannot have that maternal love for more than one person, but why can't I have romantic love for more than one person? It never made sense to me. And so I've always been pretty open in relationships. In my first marriage, I told my husband, just let me know if there's someone you're interested in. And, you know, he thought he'd hit the jackpot, but he was more thrilled about secrets. So that didn't really work out. Um, because I'm like, no, you can tell me. You know, this is okay. Um, in my current relationship, I went to um, a communications class and we were randomly paired up to do an exercise. I only went because I knew the teacher and she needed some warm bodies in the class, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this, and oh, I don't want to meet up with these people and do this exercise. So, like today, <laughs> so, <laughs> I was randomly paired up with the person who would become my husband. And we sat there and did our little negotiation and it just never stopped. And we just kept on and kept on and talked about a relationship. And I said, because I could see he was with someone and I said, are you guys Polly? And he says, no, and I'm like, great. And he says, hey, well, well, but we used to be swingers. And I'm like, okay, well, there's an opening there. we can discuss <laughs> <laughs> And then she saw that we had an attraction and said, you guys need to go out on a date. And so part of our two years of being together is them becoming educated and learning and us doing lots of talking and that sort of thing over the past couple of years.
2: So tell us about the difference between a polyamorous relationship, an open relationship and swinging. Oh,
3: man. To me, an open relationship is, is not a separate thing. Um, an open relationship could be, um, it well, it's whatever you make of it, but it could be that you're swingers, it could be that you're poly, it could be that um, any number of things.
5: But it's just a basic non-monogamous.
3: It's, y- right, non-monogamous. Um, swingers are people generally who um, typically go to swingers' parties and have sex with other people, and there's not emotional involvement. There's not a relationship there. Poly means that you can have these important relationships with more than one person. There could be three people in a poly relationship where we both love this man, but we're not open to new people. That's a closed poly relationship. And that's okay if that's what you want. Um, Keyword triad. Or or we could be open to other relationships. So to me, an open relationship means non-monogamous. And that's pretty much all that means. How you define it after that is up to you.
4: I tend to look as, at polyamory as sort of a blanket term, close, s- closely synonymous with non-monogamous, not necessarily identical with it. But I think I think there's a lot of finding out what these terms mean as we actually find out these possibilities exist beyond just monogamy and cheating. So a lot of the terminology <coughs> is still kind of in flux, I think. Um, but yeah, as far as as far as I'm concerned, when someone Brings up polyamory. I, I don't immediately assume a particular anything, kind yeah. of anything other than they're exploring possibilities beyond just monogamy.
5: I hate labels exactly for that reason. Everything's always flexing, especially in today's loveless society. It it's definitely something where it's hard for me to actually say that I'm poly sometimes because I don't always feel that way. You know, like right now I'm staying monogamous with my partner. Afterwards, that might change. Um, so, yeah, I think the closest that it comes down to is open, open to more people, closed, no more people. Mm-hmm. I think that's some of the most basic wording that you can ever have and as clear as possible. I am open to you, I am close to you.
3: And, and it's funny because, um, and, and of course we all have different ideas and ideals, <laughs> um, but to me, if you're bisexual, you're bisexual whether you're seeing someone else of the same gender yes. or not, it doesn't change. Oh, I love you. So I'm, so I consider <laughs> I her <love> poly, <laughs> whether she's in a relationship or not, she's still poly. She's still bisexual. She's still heterosexual. Whatever those things are, you're those things no matter what is, else is happening in your life.
0: I, I'm curious. Does anybody know when the term polyamory was first coined? Ooh, fun facts. 19- no. 80s, nope. 70s.
5: Nope. No,
0: it was like 1990s, wasn't 92.
5: it? Ninety two. Ha! It was nineteen ninety two. I didn't even know that for real.
0: <laughs> it, yeah. Um, it was. was. It was nineteen ninety two that it was first coined. It was first uh, used. It's now in Merriam-Webster's dictionary um, as a legitimate word in the English language. And my point here is English. English as a written language has been around since what? Uh, Long time. Twelve hundred. 1200, <laughs> Twelve hundred eighty.
5: Um, <coughs> the word "hangry" just got introduced into the yeah. dictionary in the last year. I mean, come on now. It's
0: it's a fluctuating thing. Uh, polyamory is just another thing, like like the language we speak. It, it's all about what you make it. So, if if you are if you believe you are a swinger, you're right. If you believe you're polyamorous, you're right. If you believe you're not uh, you're monogamous, you're right. So just know what you are.
3: Unless
5: you think you're
0: black
5: and
2: you're white. Unless. We're not going. We're not. We're not
5: touching
0: that
2: one. Yeah, we'll move on. Okay. So, um, so I have another another question from the group, um, uh, which I think is an important one that many people may be thinking about. So the question is: um, Are sexual relationships between your partners strictly protected? If and I think I think the second question clarifies. If not, how do you and your partners monitor your sexual health? Mm. So I think the question is about. (laughs) We can all hit that one. How (laughs) do you ensure? How do you ensure? How do you practice safe sex in the context of polyamory? So yeah. So
5: the basic is going to start with how you define safe sex. Do you define safe sex as just condoms? Do you define safe sex as the female being on birth control? Um, I define safe sex as as using a couple different things. Um, I currently have no wish to get pregnant, so me and my partner, my male partner, will always use condoms. Um, I have a desire for a kid at this moment, plain and simple. But also with any partner, I require clean STD paperwork done within the last three months and after 30 days of your last sexual partner. Um, Because some STDs do not pop up until after 30 days. With that will mean that if I'm with a woman, and she had a partner a couple months ago, she's had paperwork done, okay. Everything else is clear, I've had discussions and all that such, then we'll carry on. So the biggest thing is gonna be how you define it. I will always recommend getting STD paperwork done. Even if I don't get new partners, I consistently had the same two partners for over a year. Every six months, I um, I still have STD paperwork done. Even if I don't introduce anything, Um, Simply because one of my other partners did get a partner. She honored the same thing. She's even more strict about making sure that they have up-to-date STD paperwork. But because she had other partners, I got my STD paperwork done. Um, Now, she could not get pregnant. So she did not require condoms. So that will be a personal call on your own body. But the biggest thing is, if you would not have sex with that person, whenever you're in a monogamous relationship, why would you in a poly relationship? You need to have that respect for yourself and
3: your partners. So in our, in our circumstance, um, my uh, husband and his wife, when we started, they were fluid bonded, meaning they didn't use any sort of protection and she's had a hysterectomy, so she can't have any more children, so we're not worried about children. And she's allergic to latex, so that leaves um, less available for them. So they were fluid bonded, so he and I we discussed this, and we decided that um, we're going to take educated risk. Yes, we're going to use condoms. No, we're not going to use dental dams or other things like that because the taste of rubber and latex.
2: Oh, sorry. Do we know what a dental dam is? OK, so a dental dam is a piece. It's like to imagine taking a condom and cutting it open so that it's a flat piece of. Um,
3: like usually saran- latex,
2: usually, but yeah. usually latex, but it's not. Uh, it doesn't have spermicide on it like a condom does, uh, or lube, and you use it to cover up the female vulva so that you can do oral sex without exchanging fluids.
3: So it's a barrier. So you're, it. it it's like, if you're having oral sex um, with a man and he's wearing a condom, you're got that in your mouth. That's not something that appeals to me. So we just use condoms for penis and vagina sex. And then um, after a couple of months, it was a huge step for us, for us to become fluid bonded. So we no longer use condoms. Any other one, anyone else and my other casual partner, we do use condoms. Um, We had a situation roughly a year or so ago, my husband um, was seeing someone else and the condom broke. And so we all went back to everyone uses condoms until everyone's test comes up without infection uh, because we all need to be safe. And then once that all came up clear, um, they ended up breaking up and we went back to not using condoms anymore. But it's something that, again, the trust and communication, I have to trust that my husband is not having unprotected sex with someone else because he's having unprotected sex with me. Now, should he choose to do that, then it would be my choice for us to go back to condom. I can't tell him you can't have unprotected sex with someone else, because I'm not his boss. But I can say if you do, then I will have to use condoms with you.
2: Good. <clears throat> I have another question here. Are you out regarding your relationship status? And how important is privacy to you regarding your relationship status? And that connects to a couple of questions that I had about, you mentioned having children. Um, so the questions were, do your children know about your relationship, which you've answered? And then the question, how do your children feel about you being in a non-monogamous relationship?
3: I'll continue that one. Um, my, I have an older daughter, 23, who's away from home, who has her own girlfriend and boyfriend. And so um, she said, mom, that apple didn't fall far from the tree. Um, My younger one is about to be 14, and when she was about four, I was dating someone who was married to somebody, and we happened to be over at their house, and as we were leaving, he came and kissed me goodbye, and she's in the back seat of the car. She goes, Mommy, why are you kissing the daddy? Only the mommy can kiss the daddy, meaning his wife. And I said, well, honey, sometime, you know your aunt, who's a lesbian, you know Auntie has a girlfriend so sometimes you have two mommies, sometimes you have two daddies so in this case there's two mommies so she goes oh okay she forgot about that conversation in the intervening years and when I started dating the person I'm dating now I told her and because everybody met and um, she thinks it's awesome she considers herself Polly at 14 um, she likes what we talk about communication, what we talk about, more people to love you, more people to be your parent, because when she's driving me crazy, I pull one of them in and say, you handle this for me, mm-hmm. but also more people to love you. So my family is is cool with it. Their side of the family, it's more private right now.
5: <coughs> As a child, my parent, um, when I say child, I was in high school, um, my parents were polyamorous. Um, They did not intend it to be so. They started just being swingers, um, which I was unaware of for a while. There was them and another couple that I considered my aunt and uncle at the time because families were so close. Um, Apparently, at one point, they decided that the four of them wanted to exchange and have fun. Cool, consenting adults have fun. Well, the other relationship ended, and my mom fell in love with the other woman. Um, Eventually, the other woman ended up moving in with us. And so I had my parents and I've always joked it's her mistress, um, but had her living with them and that was during high school when I was there and my siblings were there. From the younger kids my parents didn't feel that they needed to know about it um, but I did. Um, I was old enough and my parents have always been very honest with me about everything and so I grew up knowing that sometimes that happened. It wasn't anything crazy to me. It was kind of odd for a little while just because it wasn't something I was used to and I never thought my parents would take that step simply because I know some of the jealousy battles they've had so they went through that so whenever I decided to be Polly it wasn't a big coming out moment I just simply told my parents you know how you guys had her we decided that I'm gonna have one too and that was pretty much it um, it was very simple my parents my dad looks at me and goes you're definitely our daughter um, And we just kind of carry on so my siblings who whenever they first found out they were under 10 it was nothing new um, it wasn't anything weird to them to explain it to children it will be as freaky as you make it if, if I, I simply went into the situation and said you know how sissy has Aaron yeah yeah of course we know now sissy has a girlfriend too and they looked at me kind of confused, and I was like, nothing's wrong. We, we're, we're still living here with you guys. We're still good. I just, I like her too, and I wanted to see if I can date her too. And my little sister goes, can she braid my hair? <laughs> <laughs> yes, child, she can braid your hair. And it's just kind of gone on. Um, slowly over the years, I've opened up to more and more family members. Um, my grandparents are extremely religious and have very, very, obvious views on some certain situations, so they will probably never know about me being bisexual or me having poly. But my parents, my siblings, um, I have an aunt who knows, one of my my grandmother who is open, she knows, I have many friends. Um, work is a little bit of a different situation. A lot of places have moral clauses and for some reason this is considered immoral and I don't understand why, but it is. So work people generally don't know. Um, Except the person <laughs> we used to work together. And I used to be her boss. Yeah, he's <laughs> her boss. Um, he is now actually the officiant for my wedding, and yeah. so obviously it can happen. You can have friends. You can meet people who you can open up to. It just really depends. You got to go slow and kind of figure out how they're going to feel about it. But my life is kind of a half shadow, half not situation.
4: I have a very small family. I have no siblings. I'm not very close to anyone other than my mother and, to a lesser extent, my uncle. Um, I don't lie to my mother, but she's also very not asking questions when it comes to my life as long as she's confident that I'm being safe. So it's been, with with a few carefully chosen vague words about what's going on in my life, um, I haven't really come out to her, but I also haven't lied about it. Um, as far as my friends go, my close ones know. Um, my, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry. So we're d- all friends. My bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, my board general associates, it's not something that they generally need to know any more than the details of um, any other relationship. As for me,
1: uh, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna bring race into it a little bit. Coming from a black family. What do you mean you're into some poly bullshit? <laughs> right. No, you get you get yourself married, you have yourself a single wife, and you be happy with her and whatever she can do for you. And I just kinda like But I have all these other things that I like that she doesn't. <laughs> just like you have friends. You may have friends that are like, hey, my these this set of friends like these things. I go do these things with them. So you have this other set of friends that like something else that you like. You can have relationships like
4: that too. I am
0: personally not out to my family at all. My family has made it very clear that if I uh, deviate from the uh, prescribed societal norm, that I would be more or less excommunicated from the family. So to keep things kosher between them all, I I don't tell them.
2: Um, Given our time, we've got more questions than we have time for, Um, but I do want to get to... um, I do want to get to this part of the planned discussion, um, and that is uh, one, of the, one of the index cards here, one of our questions, reflects something that I wanted to hear you talk about, which is um, to talk about some of the stereotypes about relationships like yours, um, to discuss the extent to which these stereotypes are true or false, and here the index card question is, how do you deal with stigma and judgment, especially from family and friends? Um, it sounds like for some of you there is none. <laughs> and one way to avoid the stigma is by not telling people that you know what they're going to say. But I think that sort of thinking in general about stereotypes about polyamory and, um, and uh, what, you, what you think about those.
3: Um, I, one of the, something I tell my daughter, she's kind of struggling right now with her gender identity, whether she feels female all the time or sometimes she kind of feels more male. Um, I told her everyone has to walk their <coughs> own path. And whether other people are commenting on your path or not, it's still your path. You have to walk it. So, and I'm 53. I could be any of your parent. This is not something that I was okay with in my 20s. It took me a long time to get here. I'm much more mellow than I was then. Um, I told my mom, who is 74, um, I told her, and her first remark was, "Oh, you're going to get hurt. You're going to." You know, she's gonna, his wife is gonna say you can't see her anymore. And I said, mom, it's not the type of relationship that makes it work, it's the people in it. I mean, look at my first husband, that kind of went down in flames and we were monogamous. So it's not monogamy that makes something work, it's the people in it. So um, she kind of didn't come around for a while, but I set my boundaries. Um, she invited me for Christmas and only me and I said no if my family's not invited even if they couldn't come if they're not invited I'm not interested and so she has come around and I set the healthy (coughs) boundaries if you want to be around me this is the package deal and that's it and I just left it alone and let her make her decision Um, it, it does cause me some pain that the other side of the family isn't as open or the other employers aren't as open, but that's something I have to deal with, and that's something I accept in our relationship. I'm not going to stomp my feet and demand a change, it's just it is what it is. So um, (coughs) don't click. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: He's clicking every time we say so or um, and I just oh. said um, so he clicked. It. He's uh, counting. I
0: believe you said so. Um, that counted as two. <laughs> <laughs> my my favorite stigma with the polyamory lifestyle is that it's all about the sex. That it's it's all about having having orgies and threesomes and foursomes and whatever the hell you want to call it. <laughs> 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 it it that's not true. It, it's just not true. the The planning that goes into those is insanely complex. So it it almost never happens. the The sex doesn't happen as much as it might happen in monogamous relationships. So to claim that to claim that uh, it's it's all about the sex is utter bullshit. Oh, sorry. That's
2: okay. okay. That's we can so that, right?
1: I'm um, sorry. <laughs> all, <laughs> we all
5: have I'm surprised I've been so well You just say the f word so much more. Another We've stigma is that so I know, right? Another stigma is that it's not real. That simply because I had another partner means that the relationship with my fiance isn't real. That I was unhappy with him and I just didn't have the strength to end it so I got another partner mm-hmm. or that I got the other partner simply because whatever reason of I just wanted to try it on I wanted to figure it out I because I'm bisexual it's was just a phase it, 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 it it's the the lie that because I have multiple partners one of, it, 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 it's, it, it's fake I, I don't have anything real in my life, I'm just confused or unsure. Um, to commit to two people takes so much more, I don't mean this in a bad way, it takes more strength than with one. You know, it, you have the two people, you can, you're only dealing with each other's problems. The more you add, the bigger that circle gets, the more complicated and the more emotions and the more issues and the more discussions you're gonna have. So there's no magical, oh this is just a phase, I'm gonna get over it in three weeks it's real and that's one of the biggest stigmas is that we're all just horny we're all just sluts we're just going through something <coughs> funky that we didn't do in our past time or whatever of I don't know experience I guess that that's what we're looking for because my fiance have been together for five and a half years we got together out of high school so people think that I didn't go through my fun stage I'm going through it now I'm just doing it with him that doesn't make anything we're doing less real we're just doing it together
0: I, I like the stigma that, if if any part of your polyamorous relationship fails, that polyamory is automatically a failure. If we follow that same line of reasoning, with
4: monogamy.
3: The monogamy is a failure. is a failure too. <coughs> yeah.
4: Every every, every polyamorous is essentially the spokesperson slash model example of polyamory <laughs> for the, <laughs> the entire world. If if. Your one relationship, which has all of the foibles of humanity, breaks down. You're the example that proves that...
3: The one, two, way. Yeah.
4: (laughs) And then the soulmate myth. Uh, The Uh, idea that if you're in a polyamorous relationship, that clearly just means you haven't found the right one, because the right one will make you not want to be with anyone else ever. The magic
2: penis.
3: <laughs> I, I, yeah, where is this magic penis that makes you not want anyone ever? Oh, oh it's yours. <laughs> there you go. There you go.
1: Uh, I was going to say, <laughs> um, I, I have, <laughs> I personally have luckily not had to deal with that as much because I didn't really get into this until... I found a group of people to introduce me to it that were all like, hey, that's fine. (laughs) But um, coming from, as we were saying before, with work, I had a manager at one point that she was married and in a loving relationship, and apparently the conversation had come up before about being non-monogamous, and she flipped out. How could somebody do that? How could somebody cheat on somebody like that? And How could they be okay with them cheating like that? That's horrible. I didn't say anything because I didn't feel like getting into that argument, but my thought process to that whole thing was, if they know and they're happy, why are you having such an issue with it? Allow them to be happy.
2: I got a question. This one's a very interesting one. I'm in love with more than one person. Does that mean I'm polygamous? I think it means polyamorous. Does that mean I'm polyamorous?
3: I'm uh, I would say yes. yes.
2: Yeah? I'd say yes, but it's definitely a personal question. You know, it's a personal moment
5: as
3: well. Um, and, and as long as you, th- I think you said the word polygamy, it's a subset of polyamory. It means one man and multiple women, and usually it refers to a religious thing. So, I'm sorry. I didn't. Mean, no, I, it, you don't. I, I was the trying to spell it correctly. Yeah, yeah. no, <laughs> no, you're good. That, you that, That's fine. Because some people say, oh, sister wives, Mormons, are you all Mormons? And, yeah. n- that's, no.
5: That's the religion of their one subset. That's how they choose to yeah. live their lives. But polyamory is just multiple partners. Poly, if you break it down to its parts, literally means love of. The love of multiple, love of men. Yeah, love of yeah, men. Yeah, there we
0: go. <laughs> there's there's actually another another subsect of polyamory uh, that is uh, polyandry, and that is one woman, multiple men. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can have it both ways. You can have it the way I've got it, which is multiple men, multiple women. Um, you can have you can have solo poly uh, if if a person is not currently dating anybody else but still identifies as polyamorous. Mm-hmm. It, it's
2: so um, I'd like to, so um, yes. I'd like to, I'd like to uh, reflect on that question and tie it back to another piece of the discussion. The question was, "I'm in love with more than one person. Does that mean I'm polyamorous?" And I'm thinking about the beginning of the discussion, which was about the difference between cheating and polyamory, and the values, the ethical values surrounding polyamory. So you could imagine. You could imagine uh, someone being in love with multiple people, but not being honest about it, not getting consent from everyone involved, not communicating effectively with partners. And that sounds like it would be someone who would be cheating versus someone who is practicing ethical non-monogamy, which entails the values that were discussed at the beginning of our our presentation today does that make sense
5: yeah how many people have seen the online post or the online meme, or I think it's a little bit older but I'm wondering if anyone's seen it of um, if you're in love with one person and a second one comes along and you fall in love with them obviously the first love was never real has anyone seen one of those kind of posts and mm-hmm. usually they're on like cheater websites and things like that Say <laughs> so, hey, I saw the post in high school and I was die hard you were right if you fall in love with the second person obviously the first one wasn't real and I think it comes back to something you said at the beginning. There are no wreckers. There are no mystical people that come in and swoop and take another one. That person will leave if they truly want to leave and they don't want to be there. But when it comes to love, you know, you have a love for your friends. You have a love for your parents. You have a love for your children. If you fall in love with multiple people and truly love them, is that really so wrong? Is that really such a bad thing to have more love in your heart that you have the freedom to express it and give to another person? And it comes down to then what's your next step? Are you going to cheat? Are you you going to take that love and corrupt it? Or are you going to build a foundation with your partners to be able to start having those multiple people so you can share that love? Are you going to take the time and take the effort and take the potential pain of being able to go through that. If you truly feel this is your path of wanting those people, you're gonna experience pain. You're going to experience heartache. You're going to have some pretty rough conversations of figuring out what this means for you and what this means for them. You're going to have people where you love that person so dearly and you love this person so much, but they're not gonna be okay with having both. Some people just can't do it and that's okay monogamy we're not here to dis monogamy or say don't do it <coughs> but it's going to happen you need to figure out for <coughs> yourself what that step is going to mean though are you going to commit to monogamy are you going to cheat or are you actually gonna try and figure out p- what poly might mean for you poly means many different things you know we've kind of talked about it multiple times where we talk about rules and or boundaries or whatever you want to say some people I've met in the poly world that don't believe that should be any rules they should just live their life, have as many partners as they want. We'll discuss it and go over and talk about things, but in general, I can't put any limitations. And with me and my, my fiancé, we don't live that way. Neither one of us are secure enough just as human beings to just freely say, go whoever, go have whoever you want. So we do have rules and boundaries in how we progress through a relationship. Sometimes it doesn't work for the other person that we want to have a relationship with and we've had to make the decision of of either continuing to try and maybe change how we view things, because you can change, you can grow, or if we're gonna cut that person out. So really come down to the personal hard questions of what do you feel you need and what you're going to do about it.
2: One last question for you, um, because we're getting close to the end of our (coughs) time. What social, legal, or political changes would you recommend regarding non-monogamous relationships?
0: Ask
1: one more That one's easy, right? What What
2: social,
0: legal, or political (laughs) changes would you recommend regarding non-monogamous,
2: if any? If any. Should I contextualize it? Yeah. Let me contextualize it. So we talked about stigma Mm -hmm. regarding polyamorous relationships. We talked about stereotypes regarding polyamorous relationships. We definitely live in a world of where monogamy is expected of everyone. um, And uh, there's pressure to be monogamous. And each of you have figured out how to live differently in spite of that pressure or next to that pressure. Um, So the question is, do you think that our world should be less discriminatory? toward non-monogamous people, um, that there should be, uh, uh, and that perhaps some social, political, or legal changes are in order to make it easier for people to be polyamorous. Yes. I vote yes. Yes. (laughs) Yes.
4: I
3: I think that's going to happen. You all are young. But in my childhood, I've been alive in a time where (coughs) black people and white people could not marry each other. I know. I I try to tell my kid we didn't have cell phones when I was little. She goes, well, what if you needed something when your mom went to the store? I said, you waited until the next time she went to the store. So in my 53, almost 54 years on this planet, society has changed so much. Um, In my childhood, it was a huge stigma to get a divorce. You did not do that. you know, nice girls did not get divorced, nice girls girls didn't have sex before marriage. The guys could and who they were supposed to be having it with before they got married, if not the girls, I don't know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but the alternative was also heavily stigmatized. right? um, Homosexuality was a crime, was a crime, not just a sin, but a crime. So all of these things have changed in just my lifetime. So um, the whole don't ask, don't tell that was in the armed forces got repealed, got changed. So you were not thrown out of the armed services if you were gay. I see this coming in the future. It'll never get here fast enough for me. I wish I could be legally married to my husband. Sometimes in my head, it doesn't feel real, but that was his idea of where he wanted our relationship to be. He said, you will be my wife for all practical purposes, not the law's purposes or legal purposes, but every other purpose, you're my wife. So I see it coming. I don't know if it'll come in my lifetime, but things have changed drastically in the last 50 years. Um, When I was a child, I moved to rural Florida, and there were still signs up that said, uh, above the water fountain, that said whites only. And that's something that you know, people who are 20 or even 30 years old now just can't imagine that happening in their lifetime. But I've seen it in my life.
0: I think I think the one change that I would make is to prohibit anybody from trying to enforce their uh, their particular brand of morality on everybody else, just because just because you believe that it can only be this way, it can only be the way that I have it doesn't necessarily mean it's right for everybody. And really the only people that can that can enact that, the only people that can make that difference, is you.
5: Marriage was originally, I have a goat. <laughs> I have land. I want your daughter. Take the goat, I take daughter. That's what marriage was originally. It was for security and procreation. And now we're at the point of fighting where He said, blacks and whites can now get married. Gay marriage is now a thing. You know, I... The spiritual construct of marriage being about love has really, like, come up recently in the grand scheme of things. You know, I was actually engaged to my girlfriend. And when I planned on having the wedding with her, I was going to be legally married to my fiancé, but I was also going to be spiritually married to her. And that was something between us. And so... The idea that legalities can dictate how I live my life whenever, by me having two partners has nothing to do with you. Me having mol- four partners, nothing to do with that, that dude sitting in the back. Nothing. Which dude? Uh, that, that one. That <laughs> <other> dude. <laughs> 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 I see your judger face. I'm kidding. But um, it has nothing to do with it. And we have to remember that marriage originally had nothing to do with love. Had nothing to do with who you cared about. And so as we keep growing, just remember, take that step back and remember how far we've come and where we can continue to go. You know, we now have all these politically correct terms for different things and people, and, you know, gender identity has come so far in how people are able to express it now. This is just another form of expression, another way to say who we are. And it's important to remember that just. As long as you're happy and healthy and you're not hurting anyone, live your
2: life. Have fun with it. That's what we're here for. I'm going to pause you because there's one more quick question before we end and we're, we just have like a minute or so. And the question was, "I'm interested in learning more. Could I get information about your podcast?"
1: Ready? Great.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's what the recording device up here is for. Yeah, we're we're uh, <laughs> awesome, awesome and I you are miss this when you come in late. Congratulations.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, did, did you do well? Good luck. campus outreach. I don't I'll have do a problem with it. Yeah. Should there be a disclaimer Plug or, or whenever they
2: see it. Or whatever they Yeah,
0: I, it? more importantly is is we that, are in oh, hang, on, hang on a second. Hang on a oh, second. You got
1: it. Are
2: you comfortable with sharing the podcast? Oh, yeah, oh,
0: but uh, what what I asked you earlier. Uh, okay, whatever. Uh, what the hell? <laughs> so, um, our, our podcast is an adult-oriented podcast. Um, we we discuss
2: uh, all kinds of sexy things. Yes, yeah. yes. All and kinds all kinds things. of nerdy things. Yes, that nerdy too. And sex, this is true. Oh, um, wow.
0: So if you want to listen, listen at your own risk Because there are things you're probably going to hear That you probably haven't ever heard of before There's things (laughs) that are going to make you question things There are things that will make you uh, probably, probably get grossed out at one point or another And that's fine You're all entitled to your own opinion So if you want to listen to it The podcast is called The Gotham Press Podcast Okay? So... If you want to listen to it, cool. If not, no big deal. The
1: website is Gotham, gotham, pop, like, gotham press. press. Like Batman?
4: Like, yes. yes,
1: like Batman. Yeah, Gothampress.podbean.com oh, Could nice I be a guest <laughs> member?
3: <laughs> Good. So
2: can I ask all of you to please thank our guests for spending time with us? this afternoon? <laughs>
1: Hey everyone, hope you really enjoyed listening to that. This is one of those things I really wish that we had had classes like that when I was in college.
2: Mm -hmm. One of the things I really appreciate about this session was how much the students enjoyed it. I talked to them after the class and they said uh, they really appreciated having the guests there. Um, They appreciated everyone's time and that it really helped dispel stereotypes they had prior to enrolling in the course.
1: And that's a great thing. That's kind of what we were there to do, you know, make things easier for people and help them with, you know, not their sexual awakening so much, just a sexual education. Exactly. And you were telling me before that this class will be offered again in the fall.
2: I'm planning on offering two sections in the fall semester on Tuesday and Thursday afternoons. If you're interested, go to csuv.edu. All
1: right, perfect. So you heard it here first, folks. If you want to get your education in the Bakersfield area, go to CSUB.